Hello, and welcome back to Small Screen Stories. I'm Edward Lauder, I'm the editor of Small Screen, and um, this is a show where I go over all the news of the day. This is a weekly show, well, uh, sorry, a daily show. And uh, yeah, I just go over all the news of the day and um, kind of make some, maybe make light of it a bit because it's all pop culture related, movies, TV shows, sometimes video games, occasionally comic books, but mainly movies and TV shows. So today, let's kick start off the, the show with the biggest news of the day, which is that Dexter is being revived in a limited series. So what does this mean? Well, first off, I just want to talk about how much I loved Dexter. Now, full disclosure, I never actually finished the show, mainly because the last season I found to be a bit, um, well, a bit dull. But uh, the show up until the last season was just, it's just so good. It was, it was incredible. Michael C. Hall is returning. So he's going to be back as uh, Dexter Morgan, that uh, splatter analyst that just so happens to also like to kill people. But he's a good serial killer, if that makes any sense. And he's the kind of serial killer that rather than just kill any old person, he kills bad people, which hopefully makes him <laughs> feel, well, hopefully he can sleep at night. Uh, thanks to that. But it's, it was a really interesting show. And Deadline uh, reported that it's coming back to Showtime for a limited series. So it'll be a revival series. It'll be ten part, a 10-part ten, um, ten series, just one season at the moment uh, so far. And hopefully they can tie up some loose ends. Maybe, I mean, I've, I've seen some people asking, well, hoping that maybe they can actually fix the show's ending. Now, again, I can't really talk to that because I never finished the, the show. I do know how it ends, but I never watched the final season. I watched... I think I watched a couple of episodes and, and then I stopped because I just really wasn't enjoying it. But it's one of those shows that you kind of, I mean, I, I never forgot about it. I, I remember it kind of was at the beginning of the binge streaming cycle when people were just binge watching loads and loads of shows. That was one of the very first shows I ever binged. I, yeah, it's the, I think it was the first show I ever binged. Um, maybe that and The O.C. That was uh, another show that I, <laughs> I ended up binge watching. But the fact that it's back, or it's coming back, uh, is something that I'm really excited about. Because it's just... It's one of those shows that maybe, given kind of time and space, you might think, actually, they might be able to do something quite interesting with this. And um, yeah, it's something that I'm really looking forward to, judging by what was said on the, uh, on the Facebook page uh, and on social media. People are really, really excited for this. And, and uh, so am I. I'm I'm uh, I'm curious to see how what they're going to do first off. Apparently, uh, they were only going to agree to do it if they actually had a good idea, first off. So, I'll just go over what um, what the uh, what Showtime's co-president of entertainment Gary Levine said. He said De Dexter is such a special series, both for its millions of fans and for Showtime. As um, as this breakthrough show helped out helped put our network on the map many years ago. We would only revisit this unique character if we could find a creative take that was truly worthy of the brilliant original series. Well, I'm happy to report that Clyde Phillips and Michael C. Hall have found it and we can't wait to shoot it and to show it to the world. At the moment, what they're saying is that it's going to be, they're hoping to go into production in early, 20, early 2021 and then have the show actually air in autumn or fall, if you're American, 2021. 
which to me seems really, really, really soon, uh, especially with what with everything that's going on at the moment. But uh, who knows? Maybe maybe they'll be able to do it. Uh, I mean, I hope. I hope they can do it. Uh, it would be really good fun if they if they could get that done. It really that again. I suppose it does depend on all the stuff that's going on now. I'll just uh, I'll show you the um, the the article on small screen. So yeah, Dexter is being revived in a limited series with Michael C. Hall returning. And it's, I mean, again, as I said before, it's it's pretty exciting. It's something that I'm I'm really looking forward to, and uh, and hopefully hopefully it'll be good. So let's move away now from Dexter and on to some pretty juicy exclusives that we've had on the site today. So again, I made this very clear the other day. Uh, when I, I only report on things when I get multiple uh, sources. Uh, if I get one person telling me something, also if it's one person that I don't really know and I haven't been able to vet, then I won't run it. But if it's two or three people, then I'll go ahead and uh, and do it. And this was a pretty big deal because I had um, multiple sources tell me that Tobey Maguire has actually signed on to star in a live action um, Spider-Man movie. So he won't be uh, it won't it won't be a voice acting role. It'll be a, a live action role, and it'll be in a future Spider-Man project. So let me make it clear: it wasn't. I was not told that whether that it'll be in Spider-Man Three. I have seen people report that it's going to be in Spider-Man Three. I wasn't told that, so I didn't. I didn't go. I didn't go with that. I was told that it was going to be in a future Spider-Man project. I've. Um, I've come into um, some well, not disagreements, but there have been people that have claimed that this isn't this isn't my exclusive, that this is someone else's exclusive. You know, I'm not I'm not going to go into it here. But the, what we were told, what I was told, was that he has signed on to start in a future Spider-Man movie, and that it won't be Spider-Man Three. Because um, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, I I, I ran with it because it it made it made sense to me that he won't be in Spider-Man 3. We've already had the news that Andrew Garfield has signed on to this project. Again, this is all, I mean, these these are sources that I do trust, but again, it hasn't been confirmed by uh, Variety, by Deadline, by The Hollywood Reporter. That, you know, they haven't confirmed it. What we have heard is that uh, is that Jamie Foxx is going to be playing Electro, which is, you know, that's that was pretty huge. That came from The Hollywood Reporter, if I'm if memory serves correctly, I do believe it was the Hollywood Reporter. But with this, it's like insider sources are really—they're uh, really useful because you know um, I—you can run these stories, and I do trust mine. But then again, you have to be very, very careful with with the people that are contacting you. I get contacted by a lot of different people, and I don't run a lot of stories because. I'm like, you know, who are who are you? You know, I, I want, I often want proof, and if they can't, they can't send me any proof, then I don't, I don't run this. This was, multi, again, multiple sources, and yeah, I'm, again, if if I've I have seen people claim that uh, Tobey Maguire is going to be in Spider Man Three, and if that's the case, actually, some people have claimed that it's going to be Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield turning up towards the end this is what i've seen towards the end of the movie so which means it could be it could be in a um, in a post credit scene the problem i have with this um supposed <laughs> leak or uh scoop um is that first off it hasn't been reported by anyone that i really trust 
I do look into that. I do look at all the main trades, you know, the ones I mentioned earlier. If they haven't reported on it, then I'll be like, no, this isn't happening. Um, Secondly, (laughs) if Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are going to be in Spider-Man 3, which is actually starting, started shooting already, uh, then that would mean that you'd have Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange, Tom Holland's Spider-Man, Jamie Foxx's Electro, uh, then you'd have Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire turning up as their version of Spider-Man. It's just too much. It's too much. It's like, what? what is this movie in that case? I mean, I, I know that people have been talking about the multiverse and how the multiverse is going to be involved in this. My actually, my my sources did did state that multiverse would be um, would be involved in this movie somehow, but they 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 were kind of vague on that to be honest. So, I mean, the fact that Doctor Strange is in it and the fact that the Doctor Strange's next movie is going to be Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness, yes, if you put two and two together, the multiverse will probably be in this movie. I have, I mean, if I'm going to give it a percentage of whether Garfield and Maguire are going to be in Spider-Man 3, I'd give it a percentage of probably about 10%. Uh, I, I, I really don't think it's going to happen. But um, it's one of those things that's going around there. What I have been told is that he has signed on with Marvel, with Sony Pictures, to be in a future Spider-Man movie and that this Spider-Man movie will be their take on uh, Spider-Verse. And that already, for, for me, that's really, really exciting. And whether or not they do turn up in Spider-Man 3, I mean, again, my sources didn't say that was the case. So I didn't, I didn't, that's not what I wrote. Um, You know, I think, I think it'd be pretty fun if they're in a Spider-Verse movie. I think a live action Spider-Verse movie is something that, that a lot of people want, especially after Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. It's, in my opinion, it's one of the, it is probably the best Spider-Man um, movie ever made, the animated uh, Spider-Man film. Uh, the, in live action terms, I still think Spider-Man 2 is the is my favorite. Uh, I do have a, an incredible love for Homecoming and Far From Home. I think Tom Holland's Spider-Man is fantastic, and I really do want to see all three of them together. The problem is, though, if you're going to have a Spider-Verse movie, which I have been thinking about this a lot, the reason why Into the Spider-Verse worked so well was actually because each Spider-Man or Spider-Person uh, in in the movie was kind of their own unique version of spy- of of that character. So you know you had Spider Pig, you had Spider Spider Man Noir, you had uh, Peter Parker, you had Miles Morales, you, um, you had the robot Spider Man, which I'm I'm blanking on the name Spider Woman. Uh, you had Spider Gwen as well. So it's you know it's very very different versions. If you have this movie, this live action Spider Verse movie, and every single Spider Man is Peter Parker. Then it kind of becomes a bit. I mean, it's still interesting because they're all very different versions of the same character, but it feel. I think it'd be a bit too much. Um, this is my personal take on it. Um, I mean, again, I I trust in Kevin Feige. I actually kind of trusted it. I mean, I don't trust Sony Pictures that much, but I actually think they have an undying love for this character, and uh, they've made two good Spider-Man movies, and then a bunch of pretty. Well, not let's say not so good ones um, in the Amazing Spider-Man Two and Spider-Man Three, <laughs> which were pretty awful. But um, I mean, that's my take on it. Anyway, let me let me know what you guys think in the comments below. If you want to see a Spider-Verse movie, if you want to see Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield coming back, which 
I mean, according to my sources, is happening, which is exciting. But do you want to see it? Let me know. Let me know in the comments below. Anyway, moving on from that, and uh, let's move on to another exclusive on small screen today, which was that um, is it was <laughs> another sort. This is again multiple sources have told me that the Mandalorian season three will feature Ezra Bridger in a key role. So that's actually a direct quote from from one of my sources that it's that it's going to be a key role. So this will be. If you're not familiar with Ed, Ezra Bridger, um, he's a character that was in Star Wars Rebels and is a fantastic character. He's a, a young Jedi in Star Wars Rebels. Uh, he wasn't, he's not to begin with, but I'll save you all of that. I love, love, love the show. I think it's a fantastic animated show. And people have been calling for Ezra Bridger to come into the live action Star Wars properties for ages. There were, there were rumors that he might come into um, The Rise of Skywalker. There were rumors then he'd be in um, The Mandalorian Season 2. How, as, as far as I know and I'm aware, what I've been told is that he won't be in Season 2, that he'll actually be in Season 3 and he'll have a key role and it will be involving Baby Yoda to some extent. So I actually direct quoted um, the source in the article. I'll just put that up there for you. So here's the direct quote from one of my sources. I got a direct quote from another one. The Mandalorian season three is already in early development. John Favreau, Dave Filoni and Rick Famuya have been finalizing the scripts and there's one character who's heavily involved in the season. That character is Star Wars Rebels' Ezra Bridger and he'll be playing a key role in the third season. Um, then uh, moving down to the next quote, this was uh, another source uh, told me that Ezra Bridger is going to be in season three of The Mandalorian. Disney is currently casting for the role. It looks like they might they, they might be close to making an announcement. So, I mean, that's pretty exciting. I was very excited when I got I got these messages. Um, and the, again, these these are these are people that I trust. Uh, these are people that I've I've spoken to and I vetted. Um, it, it takes a long time uh, to do that because you know you're waiting for them to come back to you and stuff like that. But it's um, this is something I've been sitting on for quite a while now, just making sure. But it seems as though it's it's pretty it's pretty nailed on, which is really really exciting. And this actually comes after I don't know. I mean, I I did cover this on the site a couple of weeks ago. But there's a, an actor that I I think he's fantastic. He's in um uh, actually at the moment he's in the Haunting of Bly Manor. He plays the uh, the cook Owen. He's a fantastic actor called Rahul Kohli who um, <laughs> trolled some fans on social media a couple of weeks ago, basically insinuating that he was going to be playing the live-action version version of Ezra Bridger. And it then kind of he then posted like an apology video saying no, he was just trolling, which yeah, that's fine, you know, uh, maybe that maybe it's not true. The thing is, uh, the more I think about it, the more I think he's perfect for the role, and the more I think he's definitely one of the actors that um, that uh, Disney and Lucasfilm are seriously looking at, and he's probably auditioned for the role, which is probably why he was uh, posting those tweets. Yes, I mean it's fun; <laughs> it can be fun, quite fun to troll Star Wars fans at times, but. That it kind of came out of the blue and there was no reason for it. And he looks he looks like I mean, just just watch him in the the Haunting of Bly Manor. He would be a perfect perfect um, Ezra Bridger. And this is they're bringing over more Star Wars Rebels characters and kind of animated characters into the live action um, shows 
and um, movies as well. Um, it looks like Sabine Wren is going to be in season two. It, um, we've had rumors that Ahsoka Tano is going to be in season two as well, but we haven't seen anything or heard anything concrete just just yet. Hopefully that will happen. I really hope it does. But all of this is kind of pointing towards, I mean, Dave Filoni is the guy that was behind these animated shows. So it kind of makes sense that he'd want to bring over the characters that he created into the live action Star Wars uh, shows. And The Mandalorian is a perfect, perfect place for that because um, it's it's just that kind of, it's a really fun Star Wars fan show. I think it's made by fans. I think John Favreau is a massive Star Wars fan. Dave Filoni is as well. And, and it's kind of a labor of love uh, as far as they're concerned. So, I mean, hopefully, hopefully it's true. Hopefully, uh, I, I mean, I do, again, I do trust my sources, but, and I, I, I think, I, I think this is going to happen, but, um, we're going to have to wait and see, but I'm, 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 I'll give it like a 80%. Um, I think it's got an 80% chance of happening. I really do trust these sources, which is why I ran with it. So, let me know what you guys think in the comments below. If you like the idea of uh, having uh, Ezra Bridger turn up in The Mandalorian Season 3, let me know Let me know of the, who you might cast in the role. Who, who do you think will be a good, make a good Ezra Bridger? I want to hear from you. Let me know in the comments below. So moving on, it's time to talk about Monster Hunter. So <laughs> the trailer for Monster Hunter was released uh, last night uh, for me. And... Um, it's uh, it's a Paul W. S. Anderson movie. Uh, make of that what you will. He's the guy that made the Resident Evil films. Uh, he actually made a film that I love called Event Horizon. I love that movie. If you haven't seen that movie, really go and check it out because it's his best film ever. It's so cool. Uh, it's uh, really weird, and he hasn't made a movie quite like it since. I do kind of like some of the Resident Evil films that have a yeah a, a morbid curiosity with them uh some of them are better than others the first resident evil movie is actually quite good uh but the if you look at the trailer for monster hunter which is based on a capcom video game i full disclosure again i haven't played the video game uh, i actually think i own it but i never played it because it's one of those games that you you look at you go oh that's <laughs> that's a bit too much for me that's a massive time sink but i have it on good authority that it's a brilliant video game and um, it has really, really, really passionate fans. And the idea of making a movie around it, it, it's an interesting idea. The problem is, after watching, I, I actually, full, <laughs> again, full disclosure, I, I actually quite enjoyed the trailer. It looks like a mad kind of kaiju um, monsters movie. Um, the, mon the design of the monsters is actually really, really interesting. I think they look pretty cool in it but it's just the story that i have a problem with uh, it looks it it looks like a very kind of standard quite boring story of military people kind of uh, happening across uh, a, a pathway a portal to another dimension and it's like it's like i can just imagine them all sitting in a you know, all the creatives, all the writers sitting in a room in the writer's room thinking, well, how are we going to how are we going to turn this game video game into a movie? And then literally the first idea is military guys go somewhere portal. And they're like, oh, yeah, let's go with that. And it's like, really, <laughs> you couldn't come up with something more 
uh, original. I mean, it's not easy. I know it's not easy. I'm not a, I mean, I'm a writer, but I'm not a script writer. So I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'd have no idea. I wouldn't have the first clue of how to make this game into a movie. But um, Paul W.S. Anderson has actually been talking about the film and he claims that it's going to be very uh, faithful to the to the to the video games. Um, he was talking to Polygon about this, uh, which is a, a video game uh, outlet, really good one actually. He said, uh, "We, I will get that up for you actually. Yeah, let's get that up now. So he actually said, we work very closely with Capcom on this one, much closer than, uh, than on any other movie I've ever made. We were very, very involved. They were very, very involved with it. Everything was run by them. And so they got input, they got input into absolutely everything. And then in the process of making the movie also, I would fly to Japan with rough cuts of, um, of the fight sequences with the creatures and the actual game animators would comment on the movement of the creatures. The movement of the creature isn't exactly right here. The creature would, <laughs> would be a little lower there. The stance would be slightly different. The toenails of the creature, of, uh, of the creature are too pointy. That's a great note. I'm like, oh my God, you're looking at the, f the toenails of the creature. We all took notes because we wanted it to be for the fans of the game, for us to put these creatures on screen as accurately as possible. So for him, it was, I mean, he goes into a lot about the design of the creatures and just looking at the trailer, you can tell that they've spent a lot of time working out the design and working on this design. It looks really good. It does look really good. I had to give it that. The, the problem is, is just the story looks a bit... <laughs> rubbish <laughs> and it's um i mean it stars mila uh who's actually anderson's wife mila uh mila jokovic uh, <laughs> i'm blanking on her last name uh joe jovovich I, i'm hoping i said that right she's i i think she's great if you've watched the fifth element um she's in that she's in all the resident evil films uh i mean yeah it it's another it's another vehicle for them for the for the two of them they're obviously hoping to turn this into a franchise maybe they'll succeed who knows but um it, the trailer doesn't look great anyway just let me know what you guys think of the trailer what you guys think of this idea of making a monster hunter movie and uh, if you like the video games let me know in the comments and uh and yeah get talking so moving on uh i did uh, quite a lot of content i've I, I have been doing a lot of content about the, the Haunting of Bly Manor. And that's because uh, I was told that the third season of The Haunting of Bly Manor is going to be based on The Woman in Black, which I, I loved, 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 loved that idea. I was, uh, we ran it on, on the site. It's a fantastic idea because the, the, the Haunting of series, I think, is one of the most interesting and intriguing th things on Netflix at the moment. Um, they dropped The Haunting of Bly Manor recently, just in time for, um, for Halloween, which is perfect. People are watching it. They seem to be enjoying it. It's not quite as scary as the first season, which was uh, The Haunting of Hill House, but it's fun. It's good fun. It's really intriguing. And I really enjoy it. And uh, Mike Flanagan, who's the creator, he, he's the director and creator. He also directed uh, Dr. Sleep, which um, I have spoken about previously. I'm not a massive fan of Dr. Sleep. Uh, I think it's fine, but I, I'm a big fan of the book. I'm a big Stephen King fan. And I think his, um, his movie is just a bit, a tiny bit dull. <laughs> but I really like the Haunting of series, and I think he's a really, really good director. I also love Gerald's Game, which is another movie that he made, which is another Stephen King adaptation. 
But he's been talking a little bit about uh, a possible season three, which we which uh, we already kind of know is going to be based on on the woman in black. That's uh, we broke that that story yesterday, I believe it was. But uh, let me get up his. Uh, he was talking to Entertainment Weekly, and this is what he had to say about a possible third season. A ghost is an impact from the past on the present in every ghost story. That's all it really is, no matter how you dress it up. A ghost is simply an element of the past that refuses to live in the past and instead just encroaches upon the present, that it alters the present. It changes the trajectory of the person who's experiencing that little piece of the past. That link between memory and ghosts and between ghosts and the past, that is the lifeblood of the show. I feel like there's no shortage of ghosts in the world for all of us. So if we could find some common language which to talk about them, then that's something we always aspire to do this season or beyond, if that's the way it goes. So he's um, he's talking about a future season. And he's talking a lot about ghosts. And um, of course, the Haunting of series is, is all about ghosts. But he's specifically talking about links to the past. And part of... What I love about the series is that it really does delve into that aspect of uh, of hauntings and of, of ghosts and what what it really means to experience um, a ghostly presence or a haunting. And um, he really does think about this in a really interesting way. And actually, reading that, I, I just think more and more and more that yeah, he's th- he's thinking about uh, the woman in black because the woman in black is a lot about how somebody's past is affecting somebody's present and um and it's really interesting that way it's uh, again if you haven't seen it if you haven't seen uh the movie the daniel radcliffe movie if you haven't read susan hill's book um really really do so because it's really interesting it's 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 quite frightening um there's a stage play in london but of course because of covid we can't see that right now which is a shame because it's the best thing on the west end but um it's it's just one of those uh books and one of those stories that's it's it's a classic. It was made in. It was written in 1983, but um, it just gets. I mean, the more it gets adapted, I think. I think someone like Mike Flanagan can look at that story and really expand on it and really hone in on the what makes that whole story so not only terrifying but also fascinating. Because uh, it's it. There is a lot of that back and forth between past and present and past affecting what happens in the present and I really I I really really like that idea and I really like um, Mike Flanagan's work even though I'm not a big fan of Dr. Sleep I think everything else he's done has been exceptional and he's someone that is working in the horror genre that I I really respect and um, I just think I think I want to see more of The Haunting of I want to see more from Mike Flanagan let me know what you guys think in the comments below uh, are you looking forward to season three of The Haunting of? Would you like to see, do you, have you read The Woman in Black? Would you like to see this turned into a haunting of Eel Marsh House, which is what I, my sources have told me is in the process of happening in Netflix? Let me know in the comments below. Right, moving on. So this next story is, again, I always preface this with where it comes from. So, um this this story is all about Robert Downey Jr. And uh, we actually did a really uh, interesting article about what has Robert Downey Jr. been up to since uh, post-Avengers Endgame. Go and check it out on the website. It's, it's on the site now. It's uh, written by Raven Brunner, one of, uh, one of my great um, 
a freelance writer. She's brilliant. And uh, it looks like... <laughs> It looks like Disney want him to join uh, the uh, Star Wars universe, which is um, <laughs> it's an idea. It's an idea. Again, this comes from uh, so this is there are a couple of people that claim to be insider sources, um, and some of them have Patreon pages. And this comes from a guy called Daniel Richman, who uh, who posts a lot of these things. Uh, the thing is, he posts so much of it that of course some of it's going to stick. Um, it just really depends. <laughs> He's posting stuff all day, so some of it will turn out to be true. But according to him, Disney wants to bring the former Iron Man actor into the Star Wars universe. The issue I have with this rumor, which is a rumor, and I always, you know, when I'm doing these, I make sure to put rumor everywhere. If it's on the Facebook page, I have rumor in big capital letters. The problem with this is that I don't think Daniel... Um, Robert Downey Jr., I don't think he suits Star Wars at all. If you see the kind of actor he is, he's um, he's someone that he's 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 a good actor. I think he's a great actor, but the pro he's just a bit too he's a bit too Marvel, if that makes any sense. And one of the big issues that people had with the Star Wars uh, films, especially the new ones, was they felt too much like Marvel movies. And um, I personally, I loved the um, the Star Wars films. I, I loved the first two new ones i loved um the force awakens and i love the last jedi um I, both films have problems i think the the rise of skywalker i thought it was quite fun but again it's and i understand why people didn't like it um but the thing is bringing someone like robert downey jr either into the star wars movies or even the star wars tv shows i think it would be just too jarring because robert downey jr is basically just robert downey jr Iron Man, Tony Stark is Robert Downey Jr. I'm not saying, I mean, I don't want to knock him because I think he's a fantastic actor. I think he's been great in a lot of things. If you watch Zodiac, I think he's brilliant in that film. Uh, if you watch, um, he was, uh, he, I mean, there was so, I think The Soloist is actually quite a good film. I, I quite enjoyed that. But that's, again, that's a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine. But he's uh, he's someone that I really, I, I just don't know what he's going to do now because I, you look at the things... He's going to do Sherlock Holmes, which I think he'll be quite busy with, to be honest. He's already spoken about how he wants to turn that into a cinematic universe. So the idea of him then joining Star Wars just does not make sense. So I did I did write that in the article. Um, and it's just, it's one of those things that you see out there. And the, I mean, I, I spoke about it because it's quite, it's an interesting idea, but I don't think it's going to happen. What do you guys think? Let me know in the comments below. And we're going to move away from that and uh, on to, I wanted to actually kind of end uh, with the news stories today on what isn't actually a news story. So I actually wanted to talk about um, Doctor Strange and in particular Doctor Strange being in Spider-Man 3. So this is this is confirmed that Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange will be in Spider-Man 3. The problem I have with this, and I think many other people agree with me on this, is that it feels to me as though Marvel and Disney really don't trust the Spider-Man character. They don't trust Tom Holland's Spider-Man just to put him in on it, um, just to have him in his own movie on his own with kind of Spider-Man characters around him and not Marvel Cinematic Universe characters. So the first film, uh, Homecoming, had uh, of course Tony Stark in it as his mentor role, as yeah, his mentor. The second film had Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury and Happy. Happy was in both films. He's he's kind of Happy's kind of like a mainstay now of the Spider-Man movies. But then this third film now is going to have Doctor Strange, and you just think, 
when's it going to stop? When are they just going to say, you know what, Spider-Man is fine on his own. Just let him have his own story. Let him be your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, which he already is. You know, I, I genuinely think he already is that. But they just feel like they have to put in a Marvel Cinematic Universe character in there. And it, as, I mean, I I really enjoyed his kind of Spider-Man and Doctor Strange's banter. And especially, I think it was Avengers Infinity War, I believe. Uh, where they had really good, like, yeah, re- kind of, they just had a good on-screen chemistry. And you can tell that Benedict Cumberbatch and Tom Holland are very fond of one another. It's <laughs> a weird thing to say. But um, it means, it just, yeah, they'll probably be great on screen together. It'll, it'll, it'll work brilliantly. But what I worry, and this is what I, I wrote, I wrote a feature about this. This is what I worry about, is that it's not good for the future of Spider-Man to have him really rely on these Marvel Cinematic Universe characters because it kind of stops him from being his own character. It stops him from being the Spider-Man that we know from the comics or the, or the animated TV shows or, or the previous films. You know, is Tom Holland's Spider-Man ever going to be quite as impactful as Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man? Um, you know, lots of yeah. I'm just putting up the uh, the feature here. You can go and read it on the site. Um, is do, oh is I mean, but yes, he is already. You know, he is. He's been in more movies, of course, um, and he is the Marvel Cinematic Universe version of Spider-Man. But having him so reliant on these on these Marvel Cinematic Universe characters, like Doctor Strange, like Iron Man, like Nick Fury. It, it just stops him from really progressing, I think, especially in his in his standalone movies. And um, I understand the rationale behind bringing Doctor Strange in, especially if the multiverse is going to play an important part in this in this movie. But I just feel like there is a danger there that they're kind of forgetting to really push Tom Holland's version of Spider Man and actually have him explore him like just kind of grow uh, I mean he's still going to be at high school in this movie it's like how many years can you be in high school for you know it's just it's, it's one of those things that kind of it, it's slightly annoying I understand why they're doing it and I think it's I mean I think it's a, a good idea to have the two of them together but I also just worry about the future of um, of Spider-Man and uh, finally a box office update so I'll end on a box office update today so before I start, actually, um, I just wanted to talk about some of the fantastic, fantastic freelancers we've had recently on the site. And one of them, um, who he's been writing an awful lot for me, and he's been brilliant, is a guy called Daniel Peter. And uh, he's uh, very knowledgeable as far as box office is concerned. Um, he's been writing up some brilliant stories about what's been going on with the Cineworld cinemas in the UK and in the US. In the US, they're in Regal cinemas. And uh, today he he wrote a box office update, um, which is kind of weird doing that now, considering most cinemas are closed. But I still think it's really interesting because Hocus Pocus is uh, has been re-released by Disney and is actually making quite a lot of money for Disney. It's um, in the US. It's made uh, three million since the beginning of October. Three million dollars since the beginning of October, which is not bad for a movie that was originally released in, I think it was 1993. And actually, uh, upon release, it was widely panned by the critics. I'll bring up the um, his brilliant article here. 
and uh, it was it was not well received. Let's let's say that. But it's kind of having a comeback. I actually watched it the other night on uh, on Disney Plus, and I thought it was good fun. Uh, you know, it's not it's not the best movie ever made, um, but it's got it's got some really good moments, and it's uh, it's one of those movies that seems to be having a comeback, um, especially around Halloween, which is probably the best time to watch this type of movie. And if you, I mean. I'll go through some of the numbers at the moment. Tenant is still is still making the most money at the box office. Um, it's followed by Akira, which has been re-released in a, a wonderful 4K uh, version. Um, Saint Maud is also in there, uh, and After We Collide, uh, sorry, After We Collided is uh, in fourth position. This is UK specific. So if you go onto onto the website again, I'll just I'll put up the uh, the numbers. Here, if you go onto the website, the article's there. You can read the article, and I just wanted to to give um, you know a, a big hand to people like Daniel Peter, to people like uh, Raven, to people like Hamish. Uh, you guys know who you are, and uh, they're really, really wonderful, wonderful writers, and have really helped me out. And it's really, I just wanted to to say thank you to to them and also say if you want to write for the site uh you you can um my the contact details are on the facebook page they're also on the about page um on the contact page on small screens so that's small-screen.co.uk uh it's um it's really wonderful to see so many of you uh write such uh, beautiful beautiful pieces and um it's that's what small screen's all about. It's about the fans. It's about people that want to write. It's about people that love pop culture. It's about talking about pop culture. It's about expressing your views and your opinions. And um, it's it's just a really it's a really great great place. And it's it's turning into something that's um, that's quite really quite special. So I just wanted to to thank you. And um, and that's 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 that little bit done. That's a, a bit of a, a soppy bit to end the show. But thank you very much, guys, for watching. Uh, you can find Small Screen everywhere with, at Small Screen GB. Uh, if you uh, don't uh, like watching live streams or videos on YouTube or Facebook, you can also listen to this as a podcast. It's at Small Screen Stories. Uh, I release it a couple of um, hours after the live stream. And thank you very much, guys, for watching. And I'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye.